0: Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. to be put into effect when the time reaches the fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be put for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Uh, if you look to the screen, there's going to be a video now. How good's
1: that? That's the end of the sermon. Amen. We'll, we'll do a bit more, shall we? Yeah, let's pray, shall we? Why don't you pray with me? Father, we thank you that tonight we can have our last sermon, uh, thinking about this in this series of United, and thinking about what it means to be united uh, in the heavenly realm. Father, as we look at a whole lot of different things, as we look at your word, we pray that you'd really speak to us, bring clarity in us, and by your spirit, uh, touch us tonight, and encourage us to what it means to actually live uh, in a heavenly way. So just bless us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By the way, welcome. My name is Langdon. If you don't know me, I'm glad you're here. Uh, And I I like this video. This is The Bible Project. You can download that on the YouTubes or any other place. It's all free. Has anyone ever seen that one before? Yeah, it's good. So I thought we'd start with that, but I love the picture that it gives us. We'll just run through it a bit. Uh, There we go. Um, This idea of starting off of creation. This idea of... That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. uh, And I love that picture you get in Genesis of what that time was like. I love this verse. It's just before the fall. But I love the idea that God's created all creation, there's a garden. And in the garden, God and man are just hanging out, you know, and God is just strolling in the cool of the day. Just gets my mind and heart. You know, how good would that be? Adam and Eve and you know, humanity's there and uh, God and man are strolling around in the cool it's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture of God's creation in perfect relationship with humanity, in perfect relationship with hum- uh, you know, this ideal that God's created. Uh, and uh, I wanna show this is um, just from a book called How People Grow by Cloud and Tanzend, amazing book, available on Kindle. Um, but it gives. It, I love this little table because it gives us a bit of an idea of uh, what this ideal is in God's creation that God has created for us. We're heaven and earth together. That God is the source of life. Our role is to depend on God. God, from all things, come from God. Our role is to depend on God. God is the Creator, and in creation, we're designed to be in perfect relationship with God with creation and each other. God has control over the world, but God gives us self-control. We have control of ourselves. God is the judge of life and we're to experience all the life that he's given us. God designs life and rules and how it all works and we obey them and we live in the way that God's designed. But, as, we've, as we know... Uh, Mankind rebels and we see that in the the picture, the story uh, of Adam and Eve and eating the fruit and there's a break in this relationship. There's an absolute break in this relationship and God banishes humanity from the garden and then there's this picture, of uh, it says there uh, that uh, as mankind is ejected out of the garden there are these flashing swords and these cherubim or angels saying you cannot go back in. As sin has come into the world, as mankind says, I'm going to do it my own way, I'm going to rebel, totally banished uh, from the garden. And so, if you can read that, it's a bit, uh, it's actually on Facebook too. You can go, don't look at Facebook now, um, but you can go home tonight, the slides are on Facebook. Um, but we move from, from God being the source of life. What's, what the income of sin does is it t- takes us from God being the source of life to us thinking, we are the source of all life. So instead of depending on God, who do we depend on? Ourselves. From God being the creator, the fall brings in the fact that now we think we're the creators of the world and so we end up with a broken relationship with God, with creation, we see that in the degradation of creation, and each other. Instead of God having control of the world, we say we want control of the world and we try to control ourselves, we try to control others, we try to control all our circumstances around us to make us think as if we're in control of the world. In fact, society is designed around that. Um, instead of God being the judge of life, we become the judge of life. We judge each We don't experience the life God has. We compare ourselves, don't we? And then we say, you're not as good as me or I'm not as good as you, you know, and we judge each other, we judge the life, and then we try to change our circumstances because we've judged that we don't have the right standard of living or where it might be. And instead of trusting that God's designed life and its rules, we think, nah God, you've got it wrong. We're going to design life and its rules. This is the world we live in. This is the result uh, of the fall. So you saw in the video, we get the Old Testament. What does God do in the Old Testament? He starts interacting with mankind. Heaven and earth are separate, but out of God's grace, God says, I can't handle this. I've got to start this process. And you see the prophets, and then you see, as the video said, God comes and dwells with mankind in temple, uh, in the tabernacle first, uh, and then in the temple. But these were always so just designed to short term. Hebrews says that uh, the Holy Spirit was showing by this way into the most holy place, that is, in that tabernacle or temple, uh, had not yet been disclosed, as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the contents of the worshipper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations, applying until the time of the new order. That's a lot. In other words, this was a short-term measure to show that something else had to be done. done with. God would dwell with his people but in a certain place you could only be a certain person a certain time of year to actually even be present with god but in the new testament thank god god sends his one and only son jesus who comes to earth so now heaven and earth come together in the person of jesus and we read in john 1 14 the word that is god became flesh and dwelt among us, That same word uh, for tent is tabernacle. Jesus becomes that connection uh, between heaven and earth. And what is one of the first things he says? He says in Mark 1.14, and think of this in terms of the picture on the screen. I love the visual uh, of the screen. Uh, Jesus says, when he starts his ministry, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. I love this visual picture of what that means. Mankind on earth, but God sending Jesus, the kingdom is... When Jesus says that, he's, he's being honest. The kingdom is near because I'm here. I'm bringing the kingdom in. The kingdom is near. And he starts this ministry calling people to repent and believe the good news. Now, as an aside, just to we just pause for a second pause put the pause button on we've been talking for the last couple of weeks in this series about being united uh being united being united with christ united in different ways we haven't i think we haven't really talked about what does it actually mean in some ways to be united with christ some of you might have been here in the last couple of weeks and are asking am i united with christ what does that mean i think this little verse is actually a great little window for us because jesus says the time has come The kingdom of God has come near and he gives us a chance to respond to that. He says, repent and believe the good news. Repentance means a change of mind. It's a recognition we don't live God's way. It's a willingness to say, actually to turn around and think about living uh, God's way. Repentance is not a good work. We don't try to be good enough uh, to be with God, but it's a response to what he's done. And Jesus then encourages people to believe. Believe. Look at what I've done. Look at who I am. Look at, through the scriptures. Look and see how I've lived and died on the cross and risen again. And I just want to take this aside to say, if you've been in this series for the last couple of weeks, but you're wondering, I don't know if I'm in the earth side, I don't know if I'm in the heaven side, I encourage you with all my heart, repent and believe and put the trust, your trust in Jesus. Do what you need to do to work through those issues to come to that point that you want to do that. So I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, if you want to talk to someone more about what that means uh, to be united with Christ, please do that. But this is also the reality for us as well because uh, what Jesus has done on the cross brings us all, reconciles us all. Look at our Colossians. Uh, The Bible says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in christ and through him to reconcile himself all things things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross when jesus died on the cross he brought us back into unity with god is it a beautiful thing linking us uh from on earth uh, into heaven and here's the most awesome one i love this john 17 uh two and three he, through his death on the cross, gives us the chance to have eternal life. When you repent and you believe and you put your trust in Jesus, trusting what he's done on the cross, he gives us eternal life. And I love this verse because it tells us what eternal life is. It's a pretty, it's pretty good explanation. Pretty clear too. Now this is eternal life, so get ready, this is what it is. That they may know you, they, being us, may know you, the only true God and Jesus whom you've sent. What is eternal life? It's a relationship with God. We have it when we're on earth, but we also have it when we're in heaven. That same eternal life, that relationship with God we have now, continues on for eternity. Is that pretty cool? I think that's awesome. Anyway, Um, it's pretty cool. Um, And we have this hope. And as the video said, we have this hope that heaven and earth are going to come uh, together. Uh, I recently got to visit the Sistine Chapel. And you shouldn't take photos. I took that photo. Sorry. Um, but I don't know what your picture of heaven is. Uh, in our modern society, we have this picture. This is a picture, it's in, as I said, the Sistine Chapel, painted by Michelangelo in, uh, in the 16th century. But it's full of angels and judgment and... Uh, naked little chubby little angels on clouds and people, you know, with you know people have an idea this is what heaven's like. We're gonna die and then we're gonna go up and we're gonna I don't know, float around on clouds and I don't know what your picture of heaven uh, is like. But let me give you a picture. This is how the Bible gives a number of pictures throughout scripture, but one of them we find in Revelation twenty one. Uh, one five. Uh, it's, Revelation says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is our hope. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, there was no longer any sea, and I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will be with them. It's this amazing picture. N.T. Wright says that some of these pictures may not necessarily be photographs of exactly what's going to happen, but signposts of what it's going to be like. But we get this idea from this passage, heaven is a physical place, and we saw that from the video. It's going to be a city, a physical place, uh, on earth, like earth, but like neck level that I can't even imagine, on steroids, beyond steroids, I don't know, like... Ultimate earth is a way to do it. It's going to be new and renewed. And heaven is coming down to us. It's not us going to heaven. Heaven is this physical place that is one day going to come here. And one of the things I'm going to love, it talks about uh, no death, mourning, uh, sorry, no more death or mourning or crying or pain. What I'm really looking forward to about heaven is no more sin. No more effects that sin has, and the other cool thing about heaven is we're getting new bodies. And you can read one Corinthians fifteen talks. Uh, sorry, two Corinthians. Uh, uh, sorry, one Corinthians fifteen talks about this. It says this: So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. Now some of us are young; our bodies are. Young and sprightly, and not, but I'm getting a little older, and not everything is as good as it was um, in my body. Um, Our bodies are perishable, they're not going to last forever. Uh, (laughs) Says Shane over here, who's, you know, anyway, um, who's going, who's like got the fitness of a 12 year old, you're going in the cycling championships in England. He's, He's number one champion in, anyway. My body is perishable. But look, here's the promise: The body that is sown is perishable, but in we're getting new bodies in the resurrection. it's going to be raised imperishable, bodies that can handle heaven. it's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory, it's sown in weakness, it's raised in power, it's sown a natural body, and it's a, being raised a spiritual body. And the picture we get from that is Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was a physical person, but it was a body that would be uh, for eternity. This is our great hope. It's an awesome hope that we have. Paul had this same hope. Paul wrote in uh, 2 Corinthians 5: Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Paul had this sense of, and it, become, it had this sense of, there's more to come. And he writes there, The one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who's given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. One of the things that the Holy Spirit, which is God's gift to us when we come to Christ, is that he's going to stir in us this longing for these things, this longing to have life the way God designed it, this longing to be uh, uh, in heaven, to have this eternity with God. And our hope then returns to this. Our hope, then, s- that Holy Spirit stirs in us this hope that God does uh, become our, our source. We do depend on God again. That we do uh, trust him as our creator. That we are back in perfect relationship with God, creation, each other. That God does have control over the world. That God is our judge of life. That we trust God uh, has designed life for our rules and regular... Does that sound awesome? Does that sound Does it sound good? Does that sound something to look forward to? Yes, here's my thing. Yes and no. Because the reality is, yes, I really want to be in perfect relationship with God and creation and everyone else. Yes, I want to give God control of everything. No, sometimes I like controlling things myself. Sometimes... I'm not in a good relationship with people. Maybe sometimes that's okay, I don't know. Sometimes I like judging lie. It sounds really good, doesn't it? But there's also part of me that says, I, sort of, I can't imagine it. It sounds a bit too difficult. And this is where I want to land tonight. Because here we are, I think we live in this tension. I do anyway. See if you relate to me. I think uh, Paul did. Here's this sense of... Uh, I am living on earth but in Christ I have all the goodness of heaven. I've been raised with Christ but I still live on earth today. There's a tension that I'm pulling. Does anyone else feel it or is it just me? If no one else feels this I'll just end right here. Does anyone feel this from time to time? Yeah. I think we feel the pull. Um I'll give you an example. Uh, this week we had a meeting about carols, and Haley, who's not here, has been arranging some sponsorship with McDonald's. So I'm giving them a free ad. So if you're from McDonald's, isn't a free ad? But Haley pulled out all these like McDonald's vouchers with cheeseburgers and fries. We talked about that in the morning, and then like it was like I didn't have any lunch till about two or three o'clock. What do you think I did? No, I didn't steal the voucher. I'd, no, 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 no. Well, hey, hey. Hey, 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 I didn't steal the voucher, but I did go, I want a sneaky cheeseburger. Why? Because even though it's not great for me, my flesh starts going, mmm, maybe I could, mmm, cheeseburger, mmm, frost, mmm. Hey, do you know what's better than a McDonald's cheeseburger? His boy Elroy, he can come tonight for Regenerate um, Hangout. But I got that mmm, cheeseburger feeling, and so what am I going to do? I'm going to give in to that craving, because I have a flesh body. Do you know what? Sometimes I really like sin. I, like to, I, don't, I struggle with it, because sin is really attractive isn't it? But at the same time, I've got God's Holy Spirit, I feel that tension of heaven. I don't know what it's like for you. I want to be fully dedicated to God, but I live in a world with a body that craves sin. And I struggle either side. I want to depend on God, but it's really easy to depend on myself. You know, uh, for some, you know, I grew up. Uh, there was a I became a Christian when I was 15, so I got 15 years—a good amount of time—to get very used to depending on myself. Um, even if you've grown up in a Christian family, you know, sin is know, uh, you know—it's not hard to come by. It's pretty easy. It's easy to. Does someone else depend on themselves from time to time? It's not natural. It's a supernatural thing. to Depend on God instead. You know, I do live in a world of broken relationships and i really struggle with that there's some relationships that i just can't repair i hate being out of relationship with people but it gets really hard sometimes this is the world i live in at the same time i crave for perfect relation with god with creation with everyone around me but i don't live in that world I struggle sometimes, you know, I want God, uh, you know, and the times I am most joyful in my life is when I can fully submit to God and let Him take control of situations. But I'm the king of trying to control things and trying to manipulate, you know? Is is it just me? Yeah? Instead of... Oh, thanks, Al, it's just me. Al, do you want to come up and finish the... Okay. Uh, Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, instead of experiencing... The life that God gives me, I try to manipulate things or judge people, judge things. We judge ourselves and each other, or I try to live my own rules. We feel the pull. It's not always uh, easy. Um, someone commented recently, um, you know, thinking about what heaven's like. Has anyone seen this SBN channel? Uh, there's a Christian channel, it's free to air, SBN. There's this Christian channel, and when you watch it, Um, Nothing against it, but all they ever do is either show people preaching in this in this building or like singing songs. And every time you turn on, that's all they're doing: preaching or singing songs. You never see anything else. And it's like, is this what eternity is going to be like? Am I just going to be in this boring building, preaching and singing songs? Like that doesn't sound that attractive, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like honestly, like I want to get out and do. Like really, is that what heaven's all about? I don't think heaven's like that, by the way. Um, and I, that's, I'm not picking on them, I'm sure. it's ai haven't seen the channel, but I'm, I won't knock it. But, um, but it's this tension that we feel pulled either way. Maybe you resonate with some of these statements. God, if I'm in a right relationship with you, why do I feel so isolated and lonely sometimes? God, I feel like I've prayed about this for so long and it doesn't change. It feels like the more I pray, the things are getting harder. If I'm a citizen in heaven, why the more I pray, the things get harder? If it's so wrong according to the Bible, why does every part of my being know that it's actually so right? I read the Bible and it just doesn't, no matter what I read, I work really hard, I read the Bible and it just doesn't make sense. Why can't I just focus on it and live it? If I'm a Christian, why are these things not flowing smoothly as they should? God, if I'm trusting you in this area, why is it turning to muck? This is the tension we live in, of being pulled in, living in the world we live in, in a sinful, broken world, being pulled one way by flesh and its desires, but also being citizens of heaven. Um, Christians have tried to deal with this in different ways over the years. Um, Uh, the monastic movement started in the 2nd century, monasticism, monastery, the idea, and people have played this out in many different ways, saying it's too hard to live uh, on earth, I'm too fleshy, I sin too much, I'm going to remove myself completely. Uh, There was a guy called Anson, he was one of the first guys that did this, took himself out to the desert, didn't sleep, ate just bread or mouldy bread or something like that, And just focused all this time on praying and reading the Bible because he didn't want to sin anymore. Um, People have done that. Uh, There's a thing called asceticism where people would hit themselves or punish themselves every time they sin because they're trying to um, atone or they're trying to beat their body into submission so they won't have to deal with these areas. Um, Calvin uh, did many things but one of the things he did up, he set up the town of Geneva uh in uh, uh, germany switzerland he set out this town and it set up all the laws and the rules to make sure that every person um that was in that town had to go to church had to you know couldn't sin you know there were big penalties for he tried to set it up at a at a societal level how to live in this place called earth um others go the other way they totally embrace and don't worry about heaven you know don't have to you know totally embrace that way of living and then there's people in the middle maybe luther was one of those guys he would often uh talk about uh great issues of theology but then would you know but also complain that the devil has you know made his beer go rotten and it wasn't as good as beer as it should have been so you get all these things in the middle but This same tension we feel, you see that in Scripture too. So let's see what uh, Paul writes. I don't know if you can relate to this one. Uh, Go and read the bigger passage uh, after tonight. But He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Does anyone relate? Yes, me too. Uh, Again, uh, Paul in Philippians he says this: For me, and he's in this tension of living uh, on earth, but also wanting, you know, uh, knowing he's going to die soon. Maybe I do want to die. Maybe I do want to go to heaven. There's a tension. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this is good work for me. This fruitful labour that I can do. But what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to be part to be with Christ which is better by far, but then it's necessary for you, Philippian Church, that I remain in the body. You see that tension that he has there? We live in this tension too. And here's my encouragement today, as we live in this tension, I want to encourage us to lean into the heavenly way of living. Look at what Colossians says. Maybe you want to take note of this. Since then you've been raised with Christ... Set your heart heavenward, set your heart on things above, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on your heart and our minds on things above, not on earthly things. And your life sorry, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I love that's why I love the diagram, makes it all clear. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Uh, 1 John says, again, lean to the heavenly Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is in them, As not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, come not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. Uh, and the encouragement to live in the heavenly way. Don't run, we're We're in earth, we live on earth. Let's not be in denial of that fact, but let our hearts and our minds and our lives lean uh, towards uh, heaven. Uh, We come to our reading for tonight. How do we do this? God gives us the power to do this. I love this, it blew me away the first time I read this verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with Every spiritual blessing. Everything we need to live for Christ while living on earth, He's given us. Every, If you're a Christian, you have every spiritual blessing. If you're united with Christ, if you're trusting in Christ, you have every spiritual blessing. Some people will tell you you don't. Some people will tell you you need to be extra spiritual or have this or this or this. Read scripture here. If you're in Christ, through what Christ has done, you have everything that you need, every spiritual blessing to live for Christ. God gives that to us. And not only that, but as we live for Christ, God is going to keep on showing us all the amazing things He's got for us. Um, He's going to keep on showing us the incomparable riches of His grace. And look at uh, that's from Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at this next little bit. This is a a well-known verse to many of us. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. God has saved us by his grace. Why? One of the reasons is so we can do the good works that God's created us to do. If you're on earth still, we have good things to do. God's got stuff lined up for us to do. As Paul resonated with, I decided part, but I want to be around to encourage you. One of the core things of that is that we get to lead others to Christ and be part of God's work to do that. And even cooler than that, if you want a mind-blowing verse, this blows me out. As we live in that tension, as we live in that tension, but we follow Jesus, even though we're not in heaven yet, we're in Christ, we're on earth, as we live in that tension, as we follow Jesus, as we're God's handiwork being used by Him, especially in bringing others to know Him, the heavenly authorities and powers are watching us and praising God for his amazing plan. His intent was there, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. is a word like a diamond, many faceted, many faceted plans of God, many faceted wisdom of God, should be made, made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ our Lord. That's amazing. All of heaven's watching. God's given us every blessing and that's the encouragement. As we live in the tension, you're going to feel it. Don't be in denial, that's why we're here. It's okay to be in the tension. But God's given us the resources to lean, to set our hearts and our minds heavenward. That's why we come to church, to encourage each other. That's why we're going to do communion in a minute, uh, to encourage each other. And I want to finish off with Paul. And this is a cool prayer because this is all mind-blowing stuff. This is a cool prayer that that Paul has, uh, a prayer that we need too. It's so big. And Paul prays for the Ephesians. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. Living in that tension, living in this place of between heaven and earth, Paul knows that we need to actually know Christ better, to know God better. And Paul prays I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance that's to come, and his incomparably, incomparably great power for us who believe that power that we have to live here. So I'm going to finish off and I'm going to pray for us this prayer, that we will have these things, that God's going to show us these things, reveal these things to us, reveal uh, and enlighten what we've just been learning about. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we can be united in the heavenly realms. We thank you that it's nothing to do with what we've done but it was a pure act of grace that you sent Jesus to come, to die, take on our sins and rise again and to include us with him in eternity. So we pray, Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so we can know you better. We pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you've called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance that you have for us and your incomparably great power for us who believe. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.